I'm not good as a host like this, guys, okay? Just bear with me. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today, we have a plethora of guests. So, starting off first, the one that is the farthest away from way, way, way on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. It's the one and only Rich Mid. What's happening, my guy? Hey, Will. I'm good, thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, glad to have you back. You guys getting all ready for Thanksgiving? Yes, yeah, we, uh, we're definitely getting ready for what is probably a bit of a British holiday that we celebrate in America, because <laughs> wasn't it the Brits that kind of like were kicking that thing off? We've been known to, uh, to do some colonizing in our time. Yeah. <laughs> Less of late. Less of late, right, right. So, Rich, thanks for joining me. And then we have the one and only Nate from the Gamers Guild coming to us all the way from Nash, Vegas. What's up, man? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk about the, the multiverse. Yeah, the multiverse indeed. And lastly, but definitely not leastly, that's a word, right? Yes, definitely, is the man that will kick you in the shin. It's the one and only Dojo DC. What's happening, my guy? Hey, what's up? What's up, man? Chilling, what's up, dude. guys. Chilling. So, Great to be here. Dojo, I got to say, shout out to you real quick, because our main topic today for the entirety of the show and why we have this big round table and look, I'm going to go ahead and say this off the rip, everyone that's listening. It might be a little bit of pure chaos and, you know, just just buckle up, strap in, enjoy the ride. But I'm going to do the best I can to manage the chaos. You know, we're going to try to bottle it. It's going to be great. Catching lightning in a bottle. Here we go. But Dojo, I got to give a shout out to you uh, real quick because you have initiated a timeline league thing that we're doing and and it's it's not just for house party protocol but you it's kind of broad and uh, i gotta say man thanks for doing that like that's a really cool thing when when all this timeline stuff was first announced so i appreciate that sure man yeah yeah it was way easier to host a uh, online tournament on long shakes than you think um uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i was uh, uh everybody was talking about it so uh i figured we'd go ahead and try try to get one in i mean i think you know we might see it at adepticon at, in in person but yeah might, might as well try it out soon right when it came out yeah exactly i really like that i really appreciate it and so suits if you didn't get from that little bit of appreciation there we're talking about timelines today this is a really kind of big topic and i would argue that it's a bit of a divisive topic would you agree rich oh definitely definitely um i think we would say in the uk that this is very much marmite uh for anyone that doesn't know the other side of the pond what marmite is it's uh something you spread on toast 
And uh, their slogan for many years was love it or hate it. And you never find anybody that goes, yeah, it's okay. It's like they either utterly despise it and hate everything it stands for, or they think it's the greatest thing ever. And that was most definitely the vibes I was getting, particularly in the Discord servers and on Facebook when when this was announced uh, the other week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the same vibe I was getting too. And it's one of those things where I understand the division on it. But Nate, do you think that there's been a little bit of a rush to judgment on some of this stuff? I think so, especially when there's kind of really two components to what AMG released. And I think a lot of the hatred for one is spilling over onto the other. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So what we're going to do today, Suits, is we are going to talk about what timelines are. We're going to break it down and, and talk about how these timeline events are going to work, what's going to be included in them. And then we're going to talk about our opinions on it and why we think it will and will not work. And, you know, it's one of those things where this is something that is brand new. And I would encourage everyone to look at it with, even though it like, <laughs> I'm cutting myself off here. I'm probably going to have an opinion that might not vibe with some people and that's okay. And I'm sure that Dojo's opinion might not be the same as other people's, Nate's, Rich, everybody, but give this thing time to breathe a little bit before writing it off. But I do think that this is one of those things that could be like a tipping point. Not uh, mm, That's a little bit clickbaity to say it like that, I think, but it could be a bit of a tipping point for MCP in how the competitive scene is viewed going forward. And Dojo, do you feel like that that's a fair assessment? I mean, I, I think that people are probably overacting a little bit to a new format coming out. Uh, I don't know if it's a tipping point in the way the game is going to be normally played. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's exactly it. I don't think that if me and you go to a shop and we bring some models and we're having a casual game night, I don't think that this is going to impact it too much. Uh, we can talk more about that a little later. But I definitely think that, that it's it's got some interesting ripple effects that we might see. But with that, I want to go ahead now and talk about what the timeline is and I encourage you guys, if you're not driving or something, to go and check out the Organized Play tab on the Atomic Mass Games website. And under Timeline Rules, you can see all of this stuff. And we're not going to go through every single rule here, but we're going to take a couple of highlights, right? But the basic of what a timeline event is, is it is a competitive event to be played at what they are referring to as premier events. So things like Adepticon or uh, Rich, do you guys have any like multi-day events over there? Yeah, we do. We're quite lucky. Um, we, we, we have less of the big cons than, than you guys do, but we're quite fortunate that we have quite a, a few um, community, community run, whether it's friendly local gaming stores or just TOs running them, events that happen every year. So yeah, we do have quite a few that go ahead. Nice. Yeah, so... Any kind of event that's going to be multi-day, specifically with the way timelines work, it's meant to be more of a three-day event. And and that's the thing about this whole whole idea is 
while it's meant to be three days, I think there's a way you can package it to where it's not. But that's a later on discussion in this podcast. But Nate, what would you say are a couple of highlights within the basic rules of the timeline? And, and I'll let you take the big one off the rip if you want it. Yeah, absolutely. So for the timeline format, uh, the big thing is you're going to have three separate rosters and you're not allowed to have any duplicate characters, team tactic cards, crisis cards, or infinity gems if we ever get a timeline that has those as a, as a relevant thing. Yeah, three full rosters. So you know what? Let me ask you guys real quick. I'm, I'm going to get y'all's opinion. We'll do a live poll here. Would y'all rather us talk about what the things are and our opinion on it right as we go or save the opinions till we go through all the basic stuff? I'll start with you, Dojo. Uh, if we can keep it uh, some, <laughs> somewhat yeah, controlled, we can add those opinions in as we go. But it might be easier just to explain everything yeah, and then talk about our opinions on yep. things. Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I'm good uh, for kicking it down the road. All right, Rich, what about you? I agree. I think if we, I think if we um, explain it all, because I think there's going to be some tangents that we can go off on here, and I think yeah. we could, we could otherwise mistakenly not cover off some of the more important parts of what yeah. a timeline is. So I think it's probably worth worth going through those first. I think that's fair, definitely. So Nate mentioned the big one, the the thirty characters and thirty tax cards. And I can't even math with how many crisis cards. So all of that stuff is definitely a big one. And then it's got your standard event rules. You know, you've got to have your dice, your measuring tools, the appropriate tokens, all of that stuff. You have to submit your list. Now, Dojo, what do you find is unique about the way these lists are submitted in here? unique the uh, i'm having people just send me uh their list thankfully i have people who are much better at uh, computers than i am who have created uh checking systems for both uh, mct codes as well as just uh pure rosters um and just but i mean they're being split up into roster one roster two roster three um uh we're gonna see obviously a lot of the uh, different crises but um i'm letting people uh submit them however they would like to because uh it's difficult enough i think <laughs> to, to yeah. build the roster so um uh, and most people have done a pretty good job uh who have submitted them to me so far of not repeating things uh surprisingly um so yeah, and, and you nailed it there. It's the, the uniqueness factor is that you have to label your rosters, roster one, roster two, and roster three. And Rich, break down why that is. Yeah, so the, the way in which the, the format is set out for the event, um, you are um, it's predetermined which roster you will use in which round of the game, ir irrespective of whether you've won, lost, or indeed drawn. So it it flexes up and down depending on the number of of players um if it's i think 32 which is the minimum there's going to be three swiss rounds so round 1 you play roster 1 round 2 you play roster 2 round 3 you play roster 3 so on and so forth and then in the progression cut uh if you make the top 8 because it's going to be a top 8 cut in round 1 of the final round you play roster 3 round 2 you play 2 round 3 you play 1 so it goes backwards and then if it's 33 or more players, 
There's an extra three rounds of Swiss added in, and you work your way through your roster again. So four is roster one, five is roster two, six is is roster three. So it adds a an additional element of strategy in terms of what are you playing when, and also where are you putting which characters? Um, because there are some amazing characters and there are some less amazing characters. <laughs> and min-maxing one roster to have everything in there that's amazing with all your players and everything else is probably not the right way to go about it. Um, also, coming out the gate with your best roster, trying to win that first round could be a good idea because then if you get to the final, you've got your best round, but then you've got to get through rounds two and round three to get there in the in the first place. So it adds a, an extra element in, in terms of strategic thinking and planning, uh, which I'm, I'm a fan of. I, I do really like that element of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the way they structured the roster one, two, three for your first three Swiss rounds or potentially up to six Swiss rounds is really interesting. And then the idea, like you talked about with the strategy of it for final round one using your roster three so front loading that roster number one to get win number one first i think is a really interesting thing and one of the other things i noticed in here is that the way that the finals is going to be structured is a tournament style where number one plays number eight number two plays number seven such and such like that and and i think that that is really cool actually and that's I don't think we've done that at many of the events I've been in. And if we have, it's because I haven't been in top eight to know <laughs> whether or not that's something we've done. But Nate, how do you feel about that part of the structure? Uh, as a uh, NFL fan, I, I'm all for the uh, the seated bracket style. Uh, I guess it's not bracket. It's just a, a seated uh, top cut. I'm, I'm a fan. It's cool. Yeah, I, I really like that quite a bit. And you know, they do have outlines in here for how players are supposed to, you know, drop and stuff like that. That's all stuff that we've seen before in like the challenger document and things like that. And they they also have how tiebreakers are supposed to be done, which is a thing that I know within the competitive MCP community is a bit of a a hot topic, if you will. Uh, you know, like the sweet store in the mall with all the uh, goth clothes and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Dojo shop there back in the day, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so with these tiebreakers, Dojo, I want to get your opinion because it's, I just think it's an interesting way of doing it. Strength of schedule, victory points. And then if you're still tied, it's random. How do you feel about that? I don't like the random at the end the uh um i feel bad about that the i think there's um maybe other ways to do it the uh um, just because i really hate that i really hate the random at the end the other two the uh, I'm, I'm totally fine with that organization of it um but i uh, i really uh, think that they could uh what go to maybe um uh, total vps or the uh vp scored against you i don't know something the uh, other than just a coin flip yeah yeah, I think that's fair. The The second one is cumulative VPs, so I think that's good. But I do like the idea of, like, you know, margin of victory maybe being that third thing instead of random. Right. But, Rich, you've you've run events over there in the UK, right? How do you feel about the, the way they structure tiebreakers? It's 
First of all, I, I agree with Dojo. I think random is just that there are so many other metrics from from you know between what three and six games that you can add in there yeah, that would that would be there. Uh, I think it is. I think it really is putting putting random in there. I would have preferred strength of schedule. Always seems to be the 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 chosen one. Um, it's strength of schedule. I have a love hate relationship with it because don't we all? Because they're Swiss rounds, like. You don't know who you're playing. Like, you have no control over who it is you're going to play over those three rounds. Um, and obviously, as the way that strength of schedule works is, you know, based, it's not just based on who you've played, but it's also based on who your opponents played as well, whether they then go on to win and lose within games, so on and so forth. So I've been at the receiving end of strength of schedule before. Me too. Where I've been on the top table of an event. I've lost at the top table and I end up finishing fifth, right? Outside the rankings. And in my head, I am not a fan of that. Now, this gets rounded somewhat with cuts. Um, we'll I'll maybe talk about cuts and the non-US view on 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 that uh, as we get <laughs> later on into the video. But I would have preferred to have uh, SOS VP scored and then and then margin of victory. Um, I think, especially if you are, especially if this can play out, and I think it can. When I did the math, like you can have multiple players that could make the top eight. I think in each one, you're going to have a, you know, a one or two X and O's potentially, but you could be in a situation where you've got multiple players that have gone five and one, for example, or four and two, whatever the cutoffs end up being. And for that then to come down, you know, for the rest of your weekend that you've invested time, money and effort into to then be a coin flip, whether you or somebody else gets in feels bad. I feel like yeah. they should have three very key defining factors. Whether people like them or not, they at least know what they are going into them. Uh, yeah. And there's probably even more they could have added in there should they needed to. I think three's fine. I've not seen anything where three doesn't divide people up. Um, but yeah, random feels bad to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also been on the receiving end of a of a strength of schedule kind of thing because I'm, I'm right there with you in that I don't think we have a better option, but I also, it like you said, it, it can be punishing sometimes for someone like myself at NashCon this past year. I was X and 1, and I was 9, number 9, so I missed the top cut. And uh, shout out to Brian Freddy for kicking me out of that oh. and, uh, and allowing me <laughs> to go out and party in, at Nashville that weekend. So thank you, Brian Freddy, for not making me get in top cut. Much appreciated. Uh, <laughs> but Nate, I want to get your opinion on this because I do want to talk about the way their progression cut works real quick. Because I think it's an interesting thing where the structure of this event is minimum 32 players. And then... If you do 32 players, you only play three Swiss rounds and then you cut to top eight. And then there's a 33 or more. So as soon as you get to 33 players, you're playing six rounds according to their document with a cut to top eight. So, Nate, you've run some pretty big events for us here in the States. And how do you feel about the way they've structured it here and I, want, I just want to start with that question. How do you feel about the way they've structured this cut and with the player numbers and such? Are we getting into opinions? Because I have opinions, Will. Okay, well, no, I just want to... <laughs> not yet, because I have opinions on this, too. 
And okay. so what are you asking? I, what factual thing are you asking me that's not going to be opinionated, I guess? The factual thing is, is this, I mean, there's going to be some inherent opinion. Okay. Like I'm not good as a host like this guys. Okay. Just bear with me. No, you're, you're good. I, I but I'm trying to like genuinely like, yeah, the, the overall structure of it is going to, to leave a lot of feel bads. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, uh, I guess where, where I'm asking is like, do you feel like that the way that they've, and this is so feelings, we're already feelings, um, the, the way they've constructed this as a whole. And again, let's, let's just base level it here. Is, is this something that makes sense to you? Uh, at, at the end of the day, no. Okay. Uh, the, the dramatic increase uh, by one player, you play an extra three games uh, and basically forcing you uh, into either a really cramped two-day event or a more uh, relaxed three-day event is uh, extreme. Uh, the number of players, even if you hit that like exact 32, the number of uh, X and 1s that are being left out of the uh, the top 8 is uh, a little bit extreme and feels bad. Uh, it, it is a, it's a very brutal cut. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay. I think that this is a spot where, is there anything else in this document that you guys think we need to really hammer home here and rich i'll start with you um not not that i can think of from i mean the the one that is again into the feel bad thing is is a buy like if you're gonna buy your chance of getting in is very low yeah is the only other thing i would mention yeah yeah okay that's fair uh dojo any other stuff within this document before we start getting into a little bit more of, you know, opining, is there anything else here that you think we should address in how this is structured? Um, no, no, I think, I think we're, uh, we're good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nate, throw it to you. Anything else in this document? Yeah, so I think it's uh, worth uh, going over the 2024 timeline. And man, AMG did not do themselves any favors by having established like, hey, here's timelines and it restricts your roster building and then having timeline events being its own similar but separate thing. Uh, but I think it's worth talking about the actual timeline that this document came out with and the additional implications uh, it brings. Yeah, and it is worth noting here that at the end of the main timeline document, they actually have a list of timelines, which I think is interesting. And we've got the 2024 timeline, Earth's battle for the Cosmic Cube. So I think that that theme maybe informs a little bit of this. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through what affiliations we have access to. We are not getting into every single character that is is on this list but I'll go through what affiliations we have access to because that's, I think, worthy of discussion here. So first up, we have A-Force, Avengers, Brotherhood of Mutants, Cabal, Criminal Syndicate, Defenders, Hydra, Sentinels, S.H.I.E.L.D., Spider-Foes, Uncanny X-Men, X-Force, Wakanda, Web Warriors, and Winter Guard. So... Those are the only affiliations we have there. And for those of you that were doing the count at home, that's, hang on, I'm going to count it right here for you. One, two, three, four, five. 
<laughs> 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 total affiliations. And uh, that's a few shy of a full set of Marvel Crisis Protocol, isn't it, Dojo? 100%. Yeah, they uh, um, uh, not uh, all of them and uh, quite a few characters left out of those affiliations themselves as well. Yeah, for sure. So, Rich, I want to get your opinion on this. They've basically cut half of the characters out of the 2024 timeline. What are some notable omissions for you? Give me, let's say, three. Yeah, so I think, uh, first of all, I want to preface this with like we have to take it in the context of this is a snapshot in time. This is an event that is happening on Earth. Hence, we have lost a lot of what I would refer to as cosmic or indeed mystic characters. Um, so I'll kind of park them to to one side. Um, glaring emissions for me, though, when I when I look through this, um, just in terms of characters that don't really makes sense to me first of all is going to be gwen um as in um ghost spider yeah. like you know she she doesn't tick any of the boxes for the, what seems to be the exclusion list like you know were you in the original car box yes well you can't come in or do you have mystic attacks or are you cosmic yes well you can't come in but like she doesn't she doesn't sort of tick any of the boxes it feels like they went through uh when they were when they were building this um, the other one, and it's one that's very close to my heart and one that I've only just realized this very instant when I've gone through and read the read the list, is Cassandra Nova. Because um, I've, I've been playing Sentinels quite a lot lately and only having a Sentinels affiliation with one Sentinel Prime and two Sentinel Mark IVs feels, feels pretty bad. So yeah, um, I'm going to yeah. just throw out Cassandra Nova's legal in the format. Because she's sure. uh, she's still under the Cabal affiliation. They just took yep. her out of Sentinels. Oh, so she ah okay okay good to know. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. even so, even worse. That, that, that feels even that yeah. feels even worse. Yeah, even worse. It does. Um, and then I suppose my my other one would be um, probably I'll, I'll pick one of the two. That's that's another easy one. Is Sabretooth versus Apex Predator Sabretooth? It's like. Everything in this seems like the newest version of everyone, and yet it's the old version of Sabretooth, not the new version. And I'll talk about why I think there's some some feel-bads with, with that as well. But um, yeah, they're my three or two and a half, because yeah, they just took her off my, uh, off my Sentinels. Future Will here with a little update. Cassandra Nova was added back into Sentinels after we had finished recording this episode. Future Will out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really fair. Um, Nate, I want to get your opinion on this. What have you noticed? Is there seem to be a theme outside of like just the the obvious theme of cosmic cube on Earth, no cosmic characters kind of thing? Yeah. So I feel like there's uh, there's two pretty big uh, distinctions. Uh, One, we don't have any. all uh, additional duplicate alter egos, right? Yes. So we have one Steve Rogers. There's three in the game. We only have one Peter Parker. There's three in the game. And I think that's why we're missing Gwen Stacy is because we've got uh, Gwenham coming out next year for the 2024. I'm sure she's going to get thrown on this document. So like, we don't get uh, the normal Gwen, which is still sad because 
love uh, love some Gwen Stacy. But uh, so I think there's that, and then the other characters uh, that I think are missing in kind of a, a glaring red light is uh, the powerhouse characters. So like Hulk is uh, not in here in any form except for Jin. So yeah, we we have the She Hulk, but not the He Hulk, which right. you know. <laughs> I think that definitely the big powerhouses is a huge thing here. Dojo, do you also notice any other any other thing about the character list here? Does it seem like AMG was trying to to make this earthbound but also prevent any kind of particular playstyle? Does that seem like something that that you can read from this list? Um, I'm not sure if they are specifically trying to avoid that battle cruiser play style. I mean, you definitely can't now. Uh, the The big leave offs, in my opinion, are those those super popular super meta characters, right? The uh, yeah, uh, or just the super strong characters. You know, no Thanos, no Mal, the uh, uh no Voodoo, the uh, and so um, uh, I think that this format is going to cause you to play maybe a little bit wider the uh um with who they've chosen to add in there yeah i think that's really fair um I, I'll, I'll i'll jump in with one more thing that i think will is trying to allude to uh the the number of midline extract plays has it. disappeared yeah so that was going to be where i think that a lot of the culling of this list of our, our roster of characters has a lot to do with the state of the game as a whole, maybe. And that might be a conversation for another time. But when I see this and I see kind of what is popular within the broader MCP environment, it's, you know, can I get a midline safely and have a character be relatively safe and then weather whatever storm I'm going to have and try to like hold on to that little early advantage, which in my humble opinion is not translate to an instant win button. You know, eyes on the prize doesn't mean you're going to win the game. Like that is, I think a very specific misnomer that has been popularized out there. But all that to say to me, it is very clear that, the midline extract grab and run strategy is not one that they wanted in this format. And it's also clear that this format is meant to brawl, like straight brawl. And Rich, is that what you've gathered from this as well? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 let, let, let's say it for what it is. They've removed all the junk from the game, right? <laughs> that's, that's what, that, that is what they've done. You know, your your medium base, medium move characters that can generate two power turn one. Uh, and even if they couldn't, you could use an advanced RMD or something else that could easily get, you know, easily get somebody onto a onto a middle point. Um, has been removed from the game. Um, you know, they and I'll be honest with you, I haven't done I haven't gone through absolutely everything and worked out every single scenario. I'm sure there is some way of being able to do something um but it has most definitely been limited and i think if you can do it the opportunity cost of being able to do it now in this new format has increased significantly 
um, yeah. with that. So yeah, all the janky opening plays um, that you know started out in the competitive scene that we already had, and then really did bleed into just general pickup games, right? E- even in pickup games that I'd get on TTS or local gaming store, pe- that's you know it's what people were doing. You could guarantee you'd see a Bill or an Angela or a ASM there ready to go and pick up something from the middle and something else if they had the chance or play an eyes on the prize with Doctor Strange or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and it was definitely a popular strategy. Um, and I'm okay with not seeing that. I just think that it's one of those where I think people are going to be playing a lot more cagey, uh, I think. So before we get into all of that, you know, when I look at this list of characters, I only see two six threat characters, bunch of fives, and then obviously sprinkle it on down through there. And then another thing I see, only two iterations of grunts. We've got Ultron Metal Tyrant's grunts, and then Electra brings her grunts to the table. Nate, how do you feel about, like, grunts seem to be a thing that AMG is pushing, uh, pushing might not be the right word, but is excited for. How do you feel that the premier competitive format only has two iterations of them? Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily uh, agree with the statement that AMG is uh, is pushing grunts as a uh, like a, a favored mechanic or anything like that. Since in the past year we've only had one. It's been a year since World War II Red Skull has dropped, right? Um, yeah, about that. Yeah, something like that. Well, I'm just yeah. I, pushing was not the appropriate word there. I get that, but it just okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's fine, and I think it's uh, less of an attack on grunts, and it's uh, more of a the the general calling of hey, in this timeline, we want you to use all the new core box characters, and so Tony is the director of Shield, so we can't have Nick Fury. Well, we've got Daredevil as the new leader of the Defenders. So we can't have Shadowlands Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, and again, same thing with Red Skull. So I think it's uh, not necessarily a trying to call out grunts or anything like that. It's just how things ended up. I think that's interesting. I will say that the shield aspect of it is interesting because it is a battle on Earth over the Cosmic Cube. That's what the first <laughs> Avengers movie was about with Nick Fury. <laughs> like... It, it seems to me like they were maybe some kind of play was discovered with the, sh- the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that maybe they didn't want in here. But to your point, I think that you can wrap your head around the idea that, you know, maybe Nick is up on Saber doing something or, or whatever. Dojo, how do you feel about the lack of grunts and the lack of like Nick yeah. Fury specifically? Well, yeah. So the uh, I was gonna say that uh, we just talked about it. The uh, they're trying to limit that midline play, right? The, yeah. And that's why they didn't want Fury in there because he can drop. Uh, you know, if, if they get something, you know, um, uh, they get to drop it themselves. Now, I guess the Electras can ninja vanish as well, but um, uh, but. Uh, I guess they didn't mind that as much because she's lesser played, but they're definitely pushing towards these newer characters. And I I think they had some idea, but at the end of the day, they can call it, oh, the crisis for the cube or whatever. Uh, But that's just a title that they gave it the right. uh, um uh, you know it, it could have been anything realistically it's it's just like rich said at the very beginning a snapshot in time that's why you only have one of each thing i think that's why we have 
Wolverine and Sabretooth and not the versions from the um, uh, Rivals panel because I think those were supposed to be like older, right? Yeah, like that was back in what? Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly what the timeline period that was, but it came with a bunker. So yeah, I don't, I think it might've been in the, you know, uh, World War II era or maybe the seventies or eighties. So um, again, I think that, um, uh, they're definitely pushing us towards those newer characters more than anything else. And then they gave it a title that seemed to fit the list of characters that they wanted us to play. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, yeah. Yeah. gentlemen, Nate, I'm going to start with you. Anything else on the character list before we just go hard in the paint? Just that I'm going to be interested to see how this list evolves as more and more releases uh, drop. Because... Like, Asgard's not in here now, but AMG have shown off four very cool-looking Asgardians, and so it's just going to be very interesting to see if maybe suddenly Asgard makes an appearance to this mm. uh, Earthbound battle. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's worth noting we have unreleased models in here in uh, King T mm -hmm. and That's Killmonger awesome. Usurper. So, I... Yeah, yeah we've also got uh, the yeah, Shadow the King, Nightcrawler... A leader of the X-Men. Yep, Professor uh, X. Professor yeah. X as well as in the... Bishop. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Rich, what about you? Do you have anything else you want to discuss with the character list before we get into the opinions? No, no I, th I think I think it's very interesting. Um, you know, I'd say I will I will circle back and, and, and just talk about Sentinels for a moment because, uh, like I say, having played them a lot, um, like unless they're going to release Nimrod which they've already teased and, and put him in there. Um, they feel like a bit of a waste, if I'm being honest with you, as, a, as an affiliation. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, we'll, 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 I'll maybe save my views for the opinion section because uh, they are. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you. They are what they are. Yeah. So, uh, Dojo, you, anything else on the character or even the, the tactics cards list and all of that stuff, which we didn't really discuss, but there's a few notable omissions in general that I think are really interesting. Uh, but anything... Anything you want to say on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, at least uh, my, my mind when you say that immediately goes to Deception uh, yeah. uh, not being there. Um, they, you know, they've... Not only are, you know, do we have a list of restricted still, but that list of restricted is even smaller, the, uh, meaning that there's even more the, uh, of those cards that you can't bring, like Advanced R&D and Eyes on the Prize. Um, uh, as far as the character list goes, I think it might be a... They might have culled a little bit too much, right? They might have cut a, a bit too much, in my opinion. Um, but it, preparing for the league, I've been playing specifically Timeline, um, uh, rosters and it has made me use new characters. Uh, Viper made it into one of my rosters. She didn't make it onto the table, but um, uh, uh, but you know, I, I put her in a roster just to see maybe the I want to uh, add her in there. The, uh, so um, it, it's at least making me use new characters, which I which I appreciate. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so here's the big time. All right, y'all ready for the big time? I'm ready for the big time. Y'all ready for the big time? Big time. Big time. So. Ooh. Before we get into the big time, though, let me just go ahead and tell the suits out there. First of all, thank you for listening. 
If you're interested, you can check out patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You can come and uh, support the show, which is greatly appreciated, and come over to what I would say is the single greatest Discord or place on the internet in general. I love it so much. Everyone over there is kind, awesome. We've had so many great meandering discussions about Marvel Crisis Protocol, about Canada, about uh, roster building, about all manner of things that you could possibly think of. And it's always kind and understanding and, and really great discussions that happen over there always a great time so if you want to be a part of that community uh, it's a dollar a month over there on patreon and that's just to keep the trolls out if i'm being honest so that's why we do that so uh yeah make sure to check that out and then if you have opinions about our opinions feel free to send me messages over on facebook you can comment whenever you see a post i make or when you see the post for the show feel free to leave a comment there send me messages on facebook just message direct house party protocol i'll get back to you there or send me emails housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com lastly you can just dm me on discord i'm at hpp underscore will on most of the uh, MCP discords out there so make sure to send me messages let me know what y'all think of this episode and uh, yeah gentlemen let's dive in here and let's go with Rich first I want to get your opinion first on <laughs> the overall format because you 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 really wanted to go for it a little earlier so I want to let did, you I did I did I thought that was the opening but I restrained <laughs> yeah I want to let you cook you know what I mean like over here in the states you know we have American football and there's a, a player it's Russell Wilson and the phrase around that is we got to <laughs> let Russ cook you know what I mean so I'm gonna let Rich cook here for a second uh so Rich what's your overall opinion on the timeline here yeah, I, I want to start by saying, first of all, that I think AMG actually admitting and trying to do something for a more competitive scene, which up until the release of this, they definitely hadn't. Um, you know, I, I always got the impression that AMG thought this was a beer and pretzels game, which is fine. Uh, and it was more the community driving the competitive side. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think them recognizing that there is a percentage of players out there who want to play in more competitive events um, is, a, is a good thing. I think the idea of timelines uh, and the structure of them, yes, I'm not too happy with the whole um, you know, random element of, of, the, of the tiebreakers, but that aside, I think the structure of it, I think it, it's very reminiscent to me of some of my favorite games that I've played and some of my favorite events that I've been to, which are team events. Um, I've just recently come back from WTC and an element of that was, you know, we had to build five rosters between the five players and we couldn't duplicate any characters. When we got down to the tables, there was an element of a pairing process where we would pair off against each other, um, which again added additional strategy into the game even before you sit down at the table. So I'm all for that side of it. I just think in certain elements, it's been really really poorly executed it might seem like a like, like like something that is minuscule and a footnote in those rules but that random thing really uh as, as peter peter griffin would say really grinds my gears 
Um, Because nothing should be random, right? Nothing should be random. Other than the first first round drawing, that's the only random thing there should be in the game. And I think it opens it up for too many feel-bads by having that in there. Um, So that's my first issue with it. I also think they've gone far too far too heavy on the culling of the characters. Um, and I also think the major problem I have with it is where are you going to play? Where yeah. are you realistically going to play this as a format, both in preparation for, uh, but also at um, events that are going to run it? Because it is so restrictive um, that it will already preclude a large number of the community who, who feel like they're competitive players. Some of the best players in the world I know um, and have played with over here in the UK, I don't think currently have purchased enough characters to be able to run in, in this event. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and that's one of my, that, that's probably my overall biggest problem with it is how exclusive this feels and how it is very much with the exception of one or two things, which also have feels bad about them as well, but is you need to go buy all the new shit to be able to play this. Yeah. And that's probably my overriding biggest issue with it. I I feel that for sure. And I want to come back to that, but I want to kind of get everybody's lay of the land before, and then we can kind of break down some more of the minutia here. Uh, Nate, I want to hear your opinion on the overall format. Yeah, so the overall format itself, I think, has some really interesting ideas behind it. Uh, The multiple rosters and really kind of AMG going for that. uh, You don't like mastery of one roster. uh, We want to see more uh, kind of an idea is uh, interesting and it makes list building uh, really unique and all that kind of stuff. I think the progression cut and the number of rounds and the number of players that uh, they want this particular format to to run is uh, not the the best way to have uh, to have implemented it. Uh, just I, and I understand. I guess they're they're wanting each roster to be played an equal number of times. Like they want to. They don't want to in between of like hey. If you're above 32, but before you hit 64, just do like four rounds or five rounds, because then maybe roster three doesn't get played that uh, additional time and stuff like that. So I I understand why they did it the way they the way they did. I also just think there there were maybe better ways that you add to the complexity budget a little bit, but would have made this uh, as a whole a little bit more appealing. Yeah. Uh, then regarding the 2024 timeline, uh, I'm personally a, a, a fan of what all it implies and the kind of gameplay that it encourages interaction. Uh, it's not just the complete control on secures and extracts and you're like hardly ever making an attack. It's definitely a valid way to play, but in this it cuts that kind of uh, play off and it leads to more interactive uh, games and stuff like that. Uh, However, I feel like especially mixing the two where you're like, hey, you have to run 30 models, but there's only like, what, Mm 74-ish in the current uh, timeline that we have. 
So suddenly, like, if you're playing somebody, odds are you're going to have a lot more overlap than you normally would have. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Dojo, let's get your overall thoughts, and then we'll, we'll have mine here to cap off this opening section. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for a new style of play. Yeah, um, I am tired of just running into games where I, I am getting janked the uh, to all heck, and then spending you know my time doing that because I might get a game in a day or not even you know a game every day, right? Yeah, and so I'm spending my time doing that, and then I'm just trying to have you know a, a decent time, and uh, you know like when CGR came out, it was every game CGR, CGR, CGR. Yeah, um, and and so. I appreciate the game play style. Um, I, I think the timeline might have been a, a little bit too small as far as number of characters. I'm hoping it's a living document and that we're going to get some of those other characters coming in, uh, like the Asgardians, uh, maybe Nimrod. Um, I, I think that these guys have already touched on the two biggest negatives, right? Which are the cost of playing this in person and the time it's going to take to play it in person. Yeah. Um, when I created the this league, I specifically cut it at 32 because I didn't want to put it for nine weeks. I, I actually think that it is a really cool thing for a league maybe more so than a three-day event um uh yeah. specifically just because of the time uh it would it would take to run over 32 people um uh as far as the competitive nature of it uh i i was surprised to see as many people uh jumping uh into it from that competitive scene um uh just because i thought that they were uh not not super happy with the choice uh to to make this the quote unquote premier uh, uh, play style for AMG. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of I have little little bits of everybody's opinion that I kind of agree with here, right? So do I like the idea of shaking things up and giving players another new way to play? Absolutely, because we've had other formats in the past: the collector format, the battle realms format. And then just your standard MCP playing. So giving players more ways to play, I think, is a good thing. So Dojo's point, I think that labeling this as your premier style mm -hmm. event is problematic, uh, maybe. <laughs> and we won't know, I don't think, the implications of that labeling until a year from now. Because... I think we're going to see this format at something like Adepticon, obviously, because that's like sponsored by AMG and they're going to really want to do this. If they're saying premier event and this is like a thing, then here you go. And I also think to Dojo's point and to Nate and Rich's points of the amount of players that you have to have for something like this. AMG is not going to limit that quote-unquote premier event at Adepticon to 32 players. So if you go to Adepticon, I would expect that you're going to be playing MCP for three days straight. And that, that to me is catering to a very specific audience. And it's one that it's just, it's concerning to me, not that that audience is concerning, but that if this is, what I can expect when I go to something like Adepticon, you're already putting someone like me aside who is 
like medium competitive. I'm medium competitive, but I also don't want to spend three straight days doing the same thing over and over when I go to a con like this. I want to be able to have some time to do something else maybe or or walk around on the on the vendor hall floor and stuff like that because the way this is structured right now, if you have more than 33 players or more than 32 players, you're going to be probably starting at nine in the morning and go until who knows how late or, or you, you know, maybe it's structured differently where they only do like three rounds one day, three rounds the next day, top cut the next day. But even that still feels like a lot to me. So all of this structuring aspect of it is something that has my eyebrows raised. And then, you know, obviously we talked about the pairings and how, how the, the random thing and all that stuff. I think that just is something that they could figure out later, you know, and this is, might just be an initial round of this. And then let's talk about characters for a second, because the characters that they have cut, there are some notable omissions. And for reasons that if this is meant to be a living document, which we don't have any indication that it is, but they've already made a couple changes. But if this is meant to be a living document, why can't we have someone like Ghost Spider until Gwenum comes out or something like that, right? Like those are the the kind of things where I'm like, was there some play pattern that was broken with some of these characters that you just don't want in here? And, and that that is like, I can point to characters that were left in that are problematic, you know? And so it just, it just, it just feels awkward to me. And I'm going to, I'm going to quit talking for a second because I could still keep going, but Nate, I'd like to get your opinion on like the, the idea that you have to have three completely unique rosters and that each player is going to have to carry around 30 models and somewhere out there in the ether, someone that plays Warhammer is going, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying like, for a game that's a skirmish game, walking around with three full rosters of characters, cards, all the stuff, it feels like a lot, doesn't it? So compared to what we are used to, probably. But at the same time, like it, I, I'm on the I'm on the side with the the Warhammer player. I I don't play Warhammer. I've never taken it to a big event or anything. But you have more people at the end of the day playing Warhammer AOS, these large scale games that are able to make it to events and are able to transport all these things. Uh, Maybe people who are investing into this format need to buy a a bigger case or something like that because they're used to only a 10 man roster. But at the end of the day, uh, and, and I, Again, I think this kind of comes back to the problem of AMG calling it their premier event because it is a very exclusive uh, kind of event, not just in the amount of models that you need to buy, because at the end of the day, like that's just the requirement of the format in the same way. Like, hey, if you want to go play Games Workshop 40K AOS or Kings of War or Mimantic, etc., like you got to drop a lot of money. Uh and it, it it's a little bit unfortunate, especially when, uh, man, I'm I'm splitting all 
sorts of ways. Yeah, I see that. I wish that they we didn't have models like, hey, you can use Quicksilver, but you can't use Scarlet Witch. You can use War Machine, but you can't use Sam. Right. Can I just interject though, Nick? Because I think I, I, I do get the compar like it, it is not impossible, right, to do this. I think the biggest difference is players getting into 40k whatever else, right? Big, you know, six by four tabletop games, Star Wars Legion, whatever else, they knew what they were getting into when they bought into that product. Yeah. This has sure. been advertised as a 10-man skirmish game. And I think, or, you know, a 10-character skirmish game where everything can work with everything, right? That was one of the beautiful things that they used to talk about in the very, very early days. And it feels like they have made it, this particular event, or this, this particular timeline, just very, very exclusive and very, very inaccessible to a lot of players who would have liked to have participated in this, whether they consider themselves a competitive player or not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's... Uh... Uh, one of the things that is a problem with calling it the premier event, because at the end of the day, uh, I I don't think that the community itself makes this the premier format. Uh, I think mm. it gets run at Adepticon, and different versions of it get run at other places, not as exactly as uh, AMG have outlined it themselves and how it will probably be run at Adepticon. Uh, so, yeah, I'm... I, completely agree that uh it's it's not going to be the format for everybody so i get that from amg's perspective and i it's unfortunate that there there are people who want to play it like a one of my buddies josh uh really wants to get into this format he likes the idea of it but he liked playing shield and it's not even close to the same shield uh, he wants to play Sentinels, but uh, they took away Cassandra Nova and some of the synergies and things that could have made them work a little bit better. And so it's just like, man, I'm, I want to get excited for this format, but the pieces aren't there for him to get into it. Yeah. No, I think that's really fair. And I think that that, that really speaks to one of my issues with this format as a whole is something that you mentioned of that you don't think that this is going to ripple out amongst the broader MCP community. But what concerns me is the idea of this is your premier event. So let's say that you have a fairly competitive local meta. Even if you don't, this might could still apply to you. Someone sees this. They see, oh, this is the premier thing. This is how... It's meant to be played is how I think people could conceivably take this. And mm -hmm. so what you see happening is, oh, well, we're having timeline play. And what happens if Dojo brings a timeline list to play against a local game night because he's trying to get ready for Adepticon, but yet he, no one else wants to play by the timeline structure of the the list right so no one wants to not have malekith on the table which that's a bad example i guess but you know someone wants to play web <laughs> warriors and, and and they don't have gwen or someone wants to play guardians of the galaxy right like is it on dojo to then not play that or is it on the other player to kind of meet dojo's demands and and that is the thing that concerns me most about this. And I think that there's an argument to be made that I'm putting the the 
cart before the horse. But Rich, would you kind of see any of that as a, as a possibility? I, I I don't think you're putting the cart before the horse at all. There, Will. I I this is um I was watching um the Rogue Agents podcast uh the other Sunday night. I was up until the early hours of the morning and. This is exactly something that I raised with those guys was, um, you know, there's AMG as a, as a company and an MCP is still growing. Obviously, they've had their second core box, which has, I imagine, brought on a huge number of new players. Yep. And I think we're at a time in this game where we want to make it as inclusive as possible. And, you know, you already have it now, even take timelines aside for ex- an example, like... I'll go to my local gaming store. We run a, a, a league there, so we play one game every week, um, usually over nine or ten weeks, depending on how many players are, are involved. And um, there'll be some games that I turn up and they're players that I know, and I bring my A game, I bring my optimized rosters, but I've also had it before where I'll turn up to one of those and because it's the league, I bring in my optimized roster and it turns out the person that I'm playing it's their third game ever, right? And yeah. and it's fine, you deal yeah. with it, but all of a sudden you add in this other element of, okay, well, now it's a timeline thing. So it's going to be one of two things. Either there's going to be, let's say, you know, you can get 16 players at a local event, which is, you know, not uncommon for us in the UK. All of a sudden, 50% of those players don't want to be involved because it's not for them. The other 50% are involved, but they want to get practice in. So their pickup games all of a sudden is okay, well, I wanted this to be a timeline game. And I, I think it just, it, it adds a huge level of exclusivity when I think as a community where we are with the, you know, we are not 25, 30, 40 years old, the Games Workshop is. Um, I think we should be trying to make it as inclusive as possible, not putting more barriers in the way for new players to come and play. And I think that's one of my my biggest issues with it. Yeah, yeah. So if I could... Yeah, jump in here. Yeah, yeah, like, and I understand you guys are, are worried about the future of the game, but I, I think that the way that they're promoting this though is it's, it's not necessarily for the new players. The, uh, uh, you know, they they say it's a competitive event. It's a competitive game style, and so you know, if you want to play in that realm, you can. And I know the MCP isn't as big. You guys are luckier than I am and that you have a local scene the, uh, and can do these in-person games. But I mean, I see my local stores doing multiple nights of magic, right? And each night is a different style, right? You've got Commander or Retro or just the Lord of the Rings and the Fallout guys, right? The, uh, right. Um, so I, if, and I understand the game is older and has a much larger the uh, base, and so it, it has the uh, the resources necessary to to do those multiple formats. Um, I, I think that this isn't going to change the way that the, the normal game is played on a daily basis or a weekly basis. I think that Adepticon might be the only tournament during the year that actually tries to run it, um, and that'll be a big thing for amg to try to make successful because if it's not then you know it's it 
timeline really won't ever get off the ground. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I'm not going to be at Adepticon, but uh, if they do try to stretch it out to three days, I, I find that it, uh, I'm curious whether they are also going to be putting on a normal gameplay, the uh, um, tournament, uh, or whether the community will try to put one on um, at the same time. Um, because I don't think you can play both at a con because of the number of players we have. But uh, I, I don't think that it is a, a world ending or, or even gameplay changing on the daily basis um, thing that you guys are saying it might turn into. And I don't think it's a slippery slope type thing. Uh, yeah, let me uh, jump in real quick because uh, I'm going to be at Adepticon helping run it. Uh, there are going to be other MCP events at Adepticon. Uh, both during the days that timeline is going on, there is other MCP stuff going on there's not a official schedule or anything that i can uh, share at this point but like timeline is not the only thing that is going to be happening even on the days that timeline is happening yeah uh, and secondly i i do agree with the dojo here uh it's it's just another granted it is another thing but it's just communication before you start a game if you're uh trying to practice for an event you try to find an opponent that is also practicing for an event you don't bring a uh, cgr thanos uh, black order guardians uh into a, a player who's playing their third game if you can help it with communication and stuff like that kind of a thing so i think this is just one more thing where it's like hey i'm bringing a timeline roster if you have one great if not i'm just going to play my timeline roster uh into your roster it, just mm -hmm. another uh Communication, I played uh, my own timeline. I'm not planning on participating in any timeline events, but I think it's a, a fun exercise to build the list and all that stuff. And uh, I played into my buddy's uh, defenders that brought Hulk, and I, I had She-Hulk there as a pseudo answer and ended up uh, working out for me. But at the end of the day, I think it's just a, another level of communication. I don't think it changes the day-to-day the -day of the game. Uh, right, yeah, and I mean, I played a game with my timeline roster yesterday, the uh, two days ago, the uh, uh, and ended up playing against Thanos, right? The, and I was like, man, this is going to be tough. And I lost the game, but I was surprised with how well my team was able to do. It's just a different style of practice, right? The, I know you're not practicing against the exact same thing you'll see, but that might actually make you a better player in that they're being able to break rules that you're not being able to, right? The, we do it in martial arts all the time where, oh, you're limited to just punching. This person's allowed to do whatever they want. The uh, um, and so so it makes you better at that one particular element. And I'm sorry, Rich, I think I cut you off there, man. No, 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 not 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 at all, buddy, not at all. The one the one thing I will add to all of this and it and and sort of bring it back around is I think ultimately communities will dictate what happens. You know, we've already seen it at least over here in in the UK with with Shatterpoint, right? There's a a gameplay version of Shatterpoint where you bring two strike teams and during the event. Uh, you have to play all four individual squads within mm -hmm. within the event itself. Um, we tried it a couple of times. People hated it. We reverted back to <laughs> bring bring your roster, right? And most people I know and speak to don't like that version of of the game. Um, at least at a you know at least at a local local gaming scene. Um, so I think community will dictate, and I think also as a community as TOs, we all run events. Um, we don't have to do anything that anyone says, right? You can, you know, yeah. I, I, I like the idea of the timeline events. I hate random, 
<clears throat> I'm a bit like you, Dojo. I'm going to be running a timeline event for more the the you, you know GMT time zone people um, just mm. after Christmas, and um, it, it won't be random. Like there won't be a random element. Like we'll put a <clears throat> a margin of victory rule in there or something like that that just negates that piece completely. So that is also the thing that you can take the elements of this that you like and enjoy. Maybe it's actually just a single roster event, but the restriction is here's the list that we're picking from, right? And that could open it up to more people as well. So, you know, just because this is what AMG are saying doesn't mean that this is how, as individuals and and as a community, you have to run events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is while I do have concerns, it is however the community decides to make it go you know what i mean and the the thing for me is like nate said you've got to have a conversation with your opponent you know and i think that one of y'all i'm not sure who it was mentioned like a league format i think something like this for a league format and you play roster one two three over the course of three or however many weeks i think that's that's an exciting way to do this because one of the things that, and we have a local here, shout out to Matt Stamps. Um, he he has been heavily on board with the idea that for a competitive format of MCP, having some character restrictions, much like Magic has a rotation of, char- of uh, cards, is mm-hmm. ultimately going to be a good thing. And I don't think that you can compare what mcp does and magic one for one but that's a whole other discussion but i do think that timelines and especially like character timelines has been something that amg has alluded to for a long time and i think that the problem that i have with the idea of the timeline event and bringing 30 models and all of that stuff I think the idea of restricting characters and and restricting cards and stuff like that, but only saying bring one roster, but here's your list of stuff, I think that's more exciting overall, even though there are characters that I wish were still on there. But I think AMG took a hammer, a sledgehammer, to the character list instead of more refined you know maybe they didn't need a scalpel so so much but maybe you know like a knife of some kind they, they, they definitely didn't use a scalpel of strange anyway uh, you know ah. I'm, I'm glad somebody <laughs> picked up on it there it is but uh but you know what i'm saying like i think that that there's merit here but i'm hoping that the community is able to Take it for what it is, and and Dojo, you you really hit the nail on the head. The timeline event is meant to be a highly competitive thing. I I think that that is good, and Rich, you kind of alluded to something earlier as well, that the AMG is, is addressing the competitive community in a good way, finally. Good ways relative, I guess. But I just hope that this doesn't snowball into everything is about timelines and you only can ever use these characters now and that kind of stuff. And again, like I said, I think we'll we'll have a better picture of that a year from now because the central conceit of this game is everything plays with everything and and you can have fun. And, and I think that if AMG wants to 
have a competitive event and not necessarily use the timelines, which it seems like that's not going to be a thing, then I think it might be time to start looking at restricting characters at some point. That might be a discussion for another thing. But Nate, I want to get your kind of wrap up on all of this because I don't I don't think we can get too much deeper into the nitty-gritty here, but but how do you feel about any of that stuff? I I guess is general kind of wrap-up summary uh for me. Uh I think AMG has at least addressed the competitive community, which is a good thing as Rich has already kind of pointed out. It's good that they are looking toward players of that mindset, uh that are are looking for those kind of things and not just a beer and pretzels. I know that AMG kind of up until this point have just been very adamant about, hey, we want to make sure that this is a beer and pretzels game first before anything else. They were never necessarily anti-competitive uh, events or anything like that. Uh, but it's cool to to finally get something from them, even if uh, this is not necessarily what everybody wants. Uh, I think there's uh, a lot of things that they've done right. With the format, uh, I like the character restrictions. I think they maybe cut a few too many, as others have said. Uh, I wonder if maybe two rosters instead of three rosters would have maybe been a better decision point. Uh, I understand what they're they're aiming for, and I get it. Uh, I think there's uh, some hits and some misses here. But all in all, I'm encouraged to see what AMG does with the future uh, with this and other formats like it. Yeah. Rich, what about for you? Yeah, I think I think in summary, kind of um, little, little bits of what I already said. I think the most positive thing I take out of this is the fact that they're at least doing something to address the competitive community because it was happening without them. So it's better that they do something and be involved in it. Um, overall, the format, the idea behind it, I think it's really good, right? You know, not... Not every hero and not every um, supervillain and not not every shield member was around at every point in time of something happening. So mm-hmm. I think taking these snapshots is a really, really good idea. I also think the character restriction side of it, whilst there's some of my, you know, some of the some of them I question, um, you know, the only way to play Sin's leadership is in Hydra and then you use the tactics card that lets you use another leadership in the gate. Like that's a bit weird, but so there's some like weird things in there, but I, I, I like the idea of them removing the junk, making this more about, yes, there are some decisions to make before you get to the table, but actually the game plays out and you're making decisions, not at turn zero, but you're actually making decisions on the table and you don't have your first seven moves already mapped out. Um, so I do like that side of it. Um, I want to pick up on a bit that I was disappointed with was I think how they communicated this was was pretty poor. Um, I had people messaging me like, is this it now? Can I no longer use my original Captain America and things like that? And yes, if somebody had gone through and read the whole document from beginning to end and whatever else, they would have made sense. But as we know, most people don't do that. They rely on right. other people to, whether it's podcasts or videos or whatever else to, to, to do it. I, so I think they could have done a better job um explaining this i think the biggest problem is the naming of it the premier format the yep. premier competitive format they could have they could have just removed that element and just said these are timeline events and i think that would have been much much better across the board 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think the the company saying this is how we want you to play the game competitively, it, like that's that's what I get when I hear premier format, and and that's I'm right there with you, man. That that that, that words matter. And so that one matters. Well, if there's one thing we know from AMG reading any of their tactics cards and oh. character cards is words are not their strong point, right? It's, uh... <laughs> Ooh, shots fired, shots fired. Uh, I'm going to push this character towards me. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Dojo, what about you? Any kind of like overall thoughts on this? Oh, man. Yeah, I got so many other things I, I want to talk about. They, I thought we were going to do a two-hour episode uh, like you guys did last week. No, yeah. I don't do that often. <laughs> um, I don't do that. No, no. They, uh, um, I I think this is just an evolution of the game. Before we actually started recording, uh, you, me, and Nate here were talking about OG cap and FA cap, right? The uh, new cap and yeah. the first cap. The, uh, and how they had to balance everything around OG cap. The uh, for for years at this point, right? Yeah, and now maybe we will see some of that easing up a little bit. The obviously still having to you know do this around our new Captain America, but maybe they won't feel like they have to ease certain characters or or build certain characters in a way that they're not broken around um, uh, OG uh, Captain America as much, right? Yeah, so yeah. we'll get some other options. So I think there's a cool evolution of the game there. Um, I think there was a lot of negative knee-jerk reaction when this first came out. Um, uh, I don't know how everybody else gets their uh, MCP news. I listen to this British guy on YouTube a lot the, uh, who tells <laughs> me um, everything I need to know about MCP. Um, uh, and um, I think that everybody freaked out, but then I opened up the league and exp I was like, oh, I'll do 32 and I, I might get all 32 people. I had 32 people in like 12 hours and these aren't nobodies, right? I mean, these are some of the most competitive people you know the uh, uh people like uh you know chic and dn right the uh, um mm -hmm. uh, ryan janway um you know th these are people who who were very competitive players and and wanted to play this play style so that was that was interesting to see after seeing so much negative discourse on discord and facebook and all that um and the last thing is you guys keep saying beer and pretzels i don't know what your local game stores do but they don't serve pretzels or beer and i need to talk to my game store about this yes you do because i'd like to drink a beer while i uh while i play mcp yep yeah you need to change that because uh yeah that's the that's the real way to do it is uh <laughs> grab, grab, grab a brewski and have some pretzels on the table there right yeah and how yeah. else do you cope with a 20 die helios running uh four successes <laughs> you know what man at tournaments at tournaments the uh, i i have been known to go get a, a drink in in between rounds <laughs> yeah yeah oh a wtc second day i had my first beer at 8 30 in the morning oh yeah I, yeah <laughs> Yeah, hey, it just that's be a like story. That. Maybe not for the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, uh, Nate, I know you've got a bit of a time crunch here, so why don't you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, I am over on uh, the Gamers Guild YouTube channel. Do uh, a variety of just kind of MCP uh, focused content with character reviews, uh, general topic uh, discussion, roster reviews, stuff like that. Cool, Rich. Where can people find you? Any dark, dank corner of the British Isles. No, um, <laughs> you can find me on YouTube, uh, Rich Mid Gaming. Uh, we cover all sorts of MCP content. Um, um, a little bit similar to Nate, uh, but we do we, we we try and make it as as entry user friendly as possible. So we do a lot of roster breakdowns and and such things like that to try and 
guide people in the right direction as to what they they may want to purchase next for their uh, their MCP uh, shenanigans. For sure, for sure. Dojo, you out there anywhere? Um, I'm on the best place in the internet, as uh, according to Will here. The, I'm on the uh, uh, HPP Discord. Um, I don't really do any content creation, but you can hear me here sometimes. And uh, every once in a while, I play the and, uh, and stream my games the, uh, on uh, uh, on the MCP Discord. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Definitely uh, check all these guys out, and there will be links in the description for everyone's information, all that fun stuff. And um, Suits, thank you so much for listening and enjoying this. And, you know, this is a topic that I think we could probably have a two-hour podcast on, <laughs> but I think we would cover a lot of the same ground in that two hours, and and that just is what it is. But, uh, gentlemen, I really appreciate you guys uh, joining me for this podcast today because it's not something I do very often with like a round table thing, but I'm glad we did it because I think getting a variety of opinion opinions in here is really good and can really speak to the broad, like a little snapshot of what the broad community is around MCP. And, um, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate that. So suits, uh, show these guys some love, uh, like, and subscribe on their YouTube channels, all that fun stuff. And then, uh, Check out patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. And like I said earlier, for as little as a dollar a month, you can come and hang out on uh, the best place on the internet. It is the chillest, the illest, the realest, the thrillest, the bestest, most awesome spot that I could have ever hoped for. And uh, that's because of the community out there. You know, it's that's really what it is all about. And then um, also check out uh, if you're interested in getting a battle box. I highly, highly, highly recommend Battle Kiwi, their battle boxes are awesome. Make sure you sort the the money by wherever you're ordering from. So if you're in the UK, make sure you use uh, the the pound. Or if you're in France, make sure you're using euros. Or in the US, make sure to use dollars because the base format is New Zealand dollars. I guess it's New Zealand dollars. And um, yeah, sticker shock at first for sure. But uh, very affordable, very awesome thing. For 10% off your first order with them, use the promo code PARTYKIWI. And uh, yeah, I love my battle box. I take it with me every time, local game night, whatever. It's the best thing ever. So check that out. And uh, yeah, keep it locked right here to House Party Protocol for more fun stuff. And with that, party on, Dojo. Party on. Party on, Nate. Party on, Will. Party on, Rich. Party on, Will. And power down, Suits. <laughs>